0: Welcome to the cold brew podcast it is may 5th i'm dave gasper joined by my co-host matt carroll and we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com. Uh we are over a month into the regular season now and there is a no shortage of news uh, concerning the milwaukee brewers to discuss so joining us for that discussion this week is dario melendez of valley sports wisconsin dario thanks so much man for taking the time to join us again here on the cold brew podcast
1: Hey anytime man i love it so uh it's been a fun, fun first month, right? Can't complain
0: mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Yeah. Brewers are, what, what is it, 17 and 13. I believe they're still atop the uh, NL Central um, right around there. And and they've been doing pretty well considering uh, all the injuries uh, that have been going on. And the biggest injury of which, obviously, is Christian Yelich. He's only played in one game uh, since April 11th, I believe it is. And, you know, he, he spent a couple weeks on the I.L., he came back for one day, had two hits, and then the next day he got put back on the IL with, with the back issue again. Dario, how concerned are you with Yellich and this back injury?
1: The only reason I'm concerned is because no one has any answers. Like, if we knew it was a pulled muscle, then there's a way to treat that. If we knew it was a slipped disc, then there's a way to treat that. If there's a bulging disc, same type of thing. But no one understands and no one realizes or has the answer to why he's having these issues. And that's what's frustrating him as well, and Craig Council. I mean, Craig is like, look, we just need to get better answers. And Yelich has said it yesterday, it, it, it's hard to play at a high level in Major League Baseball every day. At the, this point, he can't do that. And we saw him in that two-hit game, like you said, and it looked like everything was fine. But Council said afterwards that he pretty much gutted through it. And that's not what you want. So it's better to shut him down in May than to have to shut him down come August, September. I mean, let's get this thing figured out. And so that's really the only concern I have. It's like we just don't know what it is. Like, there's so many questions that need to be answered and we just we don't we don't know what they are.
2: Yeah, it was it was nice at least at first to hear that, that MRI didn't reveal any structural damage. Um, but again, like that's just makes it all the more bewildering that they yeah. don't know what it is at this point. And yeah, just like you said, you know, it's it's better to Figure it out now, then not only um, have him in and out and have it potentially affect a playoff run further down the season, but have this affect future seasons for him, you know, to have this ongoing and ongoing, you know, get it sorted out. And so, you know, I I would hope that most Brewers fans would be okay with sacrificing the games now for Jelic, um, especially when we're still winning, um, when it means we're going to get more of him down the road
1: especially when you have the depth, like the outfield depth is one of the biggest keys of this team. Everybody was wondering why you signed Jackie Bradley Jr. Well, ta-da, you signed Jackie (laughs) Bradley Jr. for things like this. And obviously, I don't know if any of us thought he'd be playing this much, but you look at what that outfield is like without Christian Yelich. Obviously, huge, shoes to the field. But if you have Lorenzo Kane, who's starting to work himself back, you have Jackie Bradley Jr., Lorenzo Kane, Abi Garcia. That's a hell of an outfield. Then let's take it another step further. Billy McKinney has shown that he can play defense at a plus-plus level and come up with big hits when he can. Obviously, the hitting for him is nowhere near Christian Yelich, but the guy that I'm really high on that my partner Tim Dillard is really high on as well is Tyrone Taylor. I mean, he's Mm -hmm. put on some muscle. He's put on some mass. He just feels very comfortable in that batter's box, and it seems like he's always going to come up with a big play. So, I mean, if there's one position that you can have a little bit of, issues with early in the season it's outfield because they have a ton of outfield depth granted you're never going to be able to fulfill all of the 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 production that a mvp brings to your team but they still have some really good players in that outfield depth
0: speaking of dillard uh what's it been like working with him (laughs) on the broadcast pretty much every night
1: (laughs) Uh, to be honest it's it's been fantastic it, he has been um like a shot of adrenaline like what you see on his on his instagram and twitter is who he is he's a non-stop chatterbox which is great he brings a ton of energy and more importantly he brings a ton of knowledge like he's played with all of these guys like he has everyone's phone number in his rolodex if we want to go to boomer talk um <laughs> and he just knows the game like we're he always apologizes, like, oh, I'm sorry I'm talking to much." like, no, you're good because I'm learning from you. Like, just some of the lingo he brings out and some of the stories he's telling. And we're watching Hauser and we're watching uh, Aaron Nola yesterday. He's like, man, I'm texting Hauser right now. He needs to be charting Nola because these are the same pitchers and this is the type of pitcher he could be. I mean, for some reason, he gets away from that sinking fastball every now and then where he saw Nola in game two just go crazy, sinking fastball, sinking fastball, sinking fastball. Hauser has that. And for some reason, he wants to get away from that every now and then. But I would never even notice that. Like, that's something Dillard brings up because he knows these guys. And, like, he's, it just, it's been great. Like, what he's been able to bring him and Vinny to this, to our Bally Sports broadcast has been awesome. And he's hilarious. Like, he just makes the days go by so fast.
0: Yeah, and then he's got the lapel pins of of the Wookiee or of Craig Kashan or whatever else he's got. <laughs> I got. I got
1: a good one coming up because they left me out of the lapel pin conversation. So I, I got a good lapel pin coming up.
0: Oh, all right. Um, Something exciting to see there on on Valley Sports Wisconsin. It's
1: going to be be epic.
0: Oh, all right. (laughs) You are are hyping it up big here, Dario.
1: It's going to be so stupid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes downhill.
1: It's going to be so stupid, but I'm going to find it funny, and that's all that matters.
0: That's the important part. Oh, man. So... Yeah, I mean, we talked about the uh, the injuries here, and uh, the, the Brewers are winning somehow in in spite of all this. 16, 17 players, however many it is, on the injured list. A lot of them, you know, big guys. Yelich, Kane was out. Wong had been out. Corbin Burns is now out. Uh, Omar Narvaez is now out, and they're still winning. And I, I had a piece about somewhat about this on the site um, go up earlier this week. And how really the the big part of all this success is the culture that the Brewers have really kind of built that sustains them throughout all these injuries and and how they're able to win and have these guys step up in roles that you know maybe they aren't ready for or or shouldn't be um performing as well in but they do they they play better than they do on paper because of the culture that that they have built. Would you agree with that Dario?
1: oh for sure I mean think about. Before David Stearns has gotten to the Brewers, the Brewers have been in the postseason three times in 25 years. They've been to playoffs three times in three years. I mean, just Mm -hmm. think about that. Like he's built a winning culture where it's now unacceptable to be on the outside of the playoffs of October baseball. I understand that there's a lot of sites out there that critique the Brewers minor league system. It's a flawed critique because, you age out of being a prospect at some point, like sometimes guys with late bloomer, sometimes guys go on the I.L. like a Devin Williams and you lose track of him and look what he's become. There's a ton of talent in the Brewers Farm system. There just is. And there's even better coaching there that gets these guys set. There's an old uh, GM saying you develop hitting, you pay for pitching. The thought process there is pitchers are very hard to groom into being Major League starters because you're going to have a Tommy John surgery. It's going to take you a long time to get back from that. So you're looking, if you draft a pitcher five, six years down the road, they might have an impact at the Major League level. The Brewers are a small market team. They can't do that. So the fact that they've been able to take Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Adrian Hauser, who they acquired, Freddie Peralta, who they acquired, get them coached up to be pretty much farm system products is extremely impressive. I mean, that's just something you don't see a lot of. Like That's why you see guys... Getting these big bucks and teams paying for pitchers, the Brewers kind of did the opposite and it's worked out for them. Um, so yeah, it's just it's a winning culture, and it also goes to Davis Stearns and Matt Arnold for just putting a lot of depth in this team. they didn't really go bargain and shopping, they splurge when they want to, or splurge when they think the, the value's there. Colton Wong, Jackie Bradley Jr., there's value there because in a hundred and sixty-two game season you're gonna have bumps and bruises. And we've already seen that thus far. And you have to have depth. You can't just be trotting out a double A team just because your big guys got hurt because you paid your big guys $300 million. Like there's a bunch of good, really talented players at that next rung down. And that's what David Stern's Matt Arnold feast on.
2: Yeah, we talked, uh, I think it was before the season started, a little bit about the culture and how, you know, some fans have had concerns over the last couple years that some of those, you know, bigger personalities are gone from the team. Your Hernan Perez's your Jesus Aguilars, um, your Orlando Arcia's now, um, and what that would do to the chemistry and the atmosphere down there. And I think it showed this season when the Brewers were, like David had written about, able to weather a storm like this and continue winning, that that culture isn't reliant on any one or any two players in that clubhouse. It is Brewers culture. That is just what has been instilled by, be it Stearns, be it Craig Council, be it the coaches that they have on that staff, um, that's just the way it is there, and it's it's great to see how that has kind of helped elevate them this year, despite all the adversity they've gone through in just one short month.
1: And look, that's a real thing. Like people don't realize, like that's a real thing when you start taking pieces away. I mean, I understand. What was it? A couple days ago, they had Manny singing Hotel California, and had Perez and (laughs) Jesus Aguilar and Arcia all around him, and like, Mm -hmm. oh man. Those three guys are gone. Like, I was in New York covering the Mets in 2015, they you go know, to the World Series, 2016, Bartolo Colon leaves. And that was a huge hole. Like, they didn't realize how much Bartolo, like, connected the locker room. He kept Cespedes in line. He kept Ruben Tejada in line. Like, they just, you can't put a price in and see how valuable just, like, one guy, like, well, you at least just seen. I don't think people realize, like, he was a kind of a glue guy as well. Mm-hmm. But it kind of goes to this what you're saying they've created this culture i mean you have guys like brent Suter who can come in and fill that void brent Suter is a phenomenal clubhouse guy um christian yelich quiet but he's the same way lorenzo canes like that so you have to have guys that can tie locker rooms and clubhouses together and the brewers lost a couple really good ones i mean hazers aguilar and arcia phenomenal in the clubhouse like always had that place laughing always having a good time but you still have guys like brent Suter um like i said Chris Ellich is really funny he doesn't really show it a lot but he's really <laughs> really funny um and i mean that's what you need now granted we haven't been in the clubhouse in a year and a half so maybe things have changed a little bit from my last time in the clubhouse those two guys are still around uh i hear daniel vogelbach is like that bogey is supposed to be like <laughs> pat murphy oh my god pat murphy pat murphy yeah. is the funniest people you will ever meet in your life like that's one of the things i miss about being on the road like game was the, fir- the first day we're in a new city it's like me pat rock it was eddie cedar who's another hilarious dude oh, We'd yeah. all go down to the hotel bar grab some scars and i would just listen to them and tell stories and then you see players come around and start listening it was just that's the type of stuff that a lot of fans don't get to see that is extremely important to a good team because there are some teams that don't want to be near each other they don't want to be anywhere near each other. As soon as I'm off the diamond, I'm doing my own thing. The brewers aren't like that. The brewers really enjoy each other's company. And that's that's special. It really is.
0: Yeah. I feel like Yelich has a very dry sense of humor. Oh, right? Like sure. when he, yeah.
1: For sure. He is funny, though. Like he's funny. And another guy, Zach Grinky was like that. And oh, yeah. Gosh, the, the stories of Grinke. <laughs> well, because there were two versions of Grinky. There was media version where he's extremely awkward and antisocial, and then there's cameras off, and he's like a goofball. And it's mm-hmm. just it, you need someone like that in your clubhouse. So it's just the Brewers have that, and um, it stinks that a couple of the guys that were really glue guys are gone, but they still got a ton of them.
0: Yeah, and uh, we, we heard a grinky story or two when we had Dillard on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, another guy that, that really kind of sticks around to that locker room that we've seen uh, go back and forth. Jacob Nottingham, what a whirlwind week for him because <laughs> he gets DFA'd because the Brewers catcher, catching situation is healthy. Then both Pena and Narvaez go down and the Brewers are like, oh, my God, we need Nottingham. And he's gone. They end up calling up Feliciano, which got Matt super excited. But we'll get to that later. Um, and then <laughs>
1: yeah. I... Feliciano. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sounds. He's, he's yeah.
0: Doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a big homer there. Um, but then I, I see the notification that, you know, here's the lineup for today. And I see Nottingham in there. And I'm like, Nottingham? Like, did, did someone put in the wrong name or something? And then all of a sudden, like two seconds later, you see the notification. It's like, oh, we, we got back Nottingham. I'm like, What? Um, so so what was your kind of reaction when you see, oh my god, Nottingham's
1: back? There might there might have been a couple wink winks going on behind the scenes. I uh, oh, yeah. the relationship oh. the Mariners and the Brewers have. I mean Omar Novaez, Domingo mm-hmm. Santana, Ben Gammel, Freddie Peralta. At some point it's like hey, guys, to you feel like DFA'ing this guy, we just DFA'd because we're in some trouble. And again, I don't know if that happened. It just, it, it, it seems very coincidental, which is awesome. It worked out. And look, Nottingham, the thing he brings to this team is familiarity with the pitching staff. And like, we see that. He's, he's really good with these pitchers. If he could just figure out a way to not swing for the fence every time, like mm-hmm. he would take his game to the next level. Because we all know he has power for days. I mean, oh, yeah. just, it's the approach to going to right field, which is something that Tim and I, Dillard, talk about all the time. And he actually gave him a, po- uh, a pointer during one of his ATS games. him had struck out against the White Sox. And uh, he looked up and he saw Dillard. And Dillard's like, go the opposite way, go. Then he hits, like, two off the wall. And you see him come back. And he hits the two opposite field home runs in game one. For him, it's just, you know... And, and for a lot of guys, when you're struggling, going the opposite way, slowing down your swing a little bit can be a good thing. Um, for him, you're there for defense. I mean, he's just he's a really good defensive catcher. He knows the pitching staff. And it was, it was good that the Brewers were able to get him back. I mean, the, the, the depth has been tested thus far. And so far, the Brewers are weathering that storm. Now, we don't know how long that can, that can last, but it, it's lasting so far.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think the Brewers have run through pretty much the entirety of their 40-man roster, um, calling guys up to to put them on the IL and and whatever. I I believe Chad Sabatka.
1: 41 guys so far. Yeah, 41 guys. They've
0: called up uh, Zach Godley, Jordan Zimmerman. I I believe Sabatka is the only guy on the 40-man who has not been called up to the Brewers yet, and they acquired him mid-season. So, yeah, an insane amount of depth that, I mean— David Stearns has talked about it all the times like we, we want a very deep roster and th- this is where it really kind of pays off the culture with what we we're talking about before. And of course, having the depth of these kinds of quality guys also is what goes into um, winning here. So, uh, Dario, I know you're running a little bit short on time, so we're going to we're going to let you go here. Get ready for Brewers Live and uh, we'll uh, th- thank you so much, man, for for taking the time to join us this week.
1: No, anytime. I just got to make sure Diller didn't eat all my food.
0: Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that is important.
1: I left my damn salad in the break room, and I guarantee he's figuring out some way to mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Hey,
1: guys, thanks so much.
0: Yep, thanks, thanks a lot, Dario. Dario. Thanks for uh, joining us. That was Dario Melendez uh, joining us this week on the Cold Brew Podcast. Yeah. So, um, A lot of stuff going on with the Brewers, and as Dario was, you know, talking about there with the culture and with um, the the depth that the Brewers have. um, Matt, your your guy, Mario Feliciano, he got an opportunity. He did, and it was one game. It was one game because then Nottingham came back, and then I I think both both you and I assumed that Feliciano was going to start that Sunday game by by Bettinger. And then all of a sudden Feliciano came back and it's or Nottingham came back and then Feliciano goes down. It's like, oh, well, that's depressing. But your boy, Mario Feliciano, made his debut.
2: Yes, I was also hoping it would have been such a Sunday lineup thing to do to get Feliciano in there for his first starts. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he comes in and I was uh, I had to work late that day. Um, I, I know I was messaging you that night that I was trying to fly home get home in time to see. Cause I, I knew the pitcher spot was coming up in the order. Um, so there was a good chance. He's going to get a pinch hit, uh, opportunity. And he did, He comes yeah. in and he draws a walk and then he ends up scoring the game winning run. Like what a, what a whirlwind of a first, uh, opportunity for a guy like Feliciano, who is young, who is, uh, you know, not surprising add to the 40 man over the off season, but, Still a, a little young for some guys to be added to it, but uh, no, he comes in and does his job and, and he's right back down to the minors. So, you know, yeah. sometimes that's what you need. That's, you know, that's what some of those, you know, guys at the bottom of the 40 man roster are for. Um, he will play a bigger role in the future. We all know that, but uh, uh, there's a reason he's right at A right away and had another bomb last night uh, yeah, there we go in his first game. So uh, showing off those tools right away reason yeah. we have him ranked nice and high uh, on the top prospects list. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mario, he worked that walk. Like, it was not just, you mm-hmm. know, four pitches outside and super easy. No, he worked that walk. I mean, he was calling time. He was he was taking close pitches. They showed, they showed Manny Pena in the dugout. He was just like a proud dad. It's like cheering him on. It's like, yeah, you got this. <laughs> like, yeah, just clapping for him and everything. And, oh, man, it was just so beautiful to see um and as as um dario was mentioning there the glue guys manny pina is totally a glue guy in that clubhouse 100 oh, yeah. percent. um it, it's just so great to see it, and seeing him work with uh feliciano and yeah he worked that walk and ends up coming home to score on on travis shaw's double well single probably would have been a double but you know since mm. game ended he stopped running um you know i i I've always wondered, like when you got like walk off hits like that, like why they don't just like keep on going, because if they run in touch second, like would they still get credit for a double? Because then that improves your OPS, that improves your slugging, that improves your, you know, your overall numbers. You got an extra double out of this, like or does it just end as soon as the guy uh, scores? And then even if like after you pass first or whatever else, I'm not sure,
2: but I would just kind of keep running. It's interesting because they, they actually rule, or the, the MLB app called it a double at first, probably because it was so close to second. Um, but I would have to assume, yeah, like like you said, that it was official ruling was a single. I would have to guess that it's, yeah, whatever you touch last when that run crosses the plate. Since once the run crosses the plate, the everything The game kinda, is technically over uh, after right, you touch first.
0: Because you got to touch first. Correct. To, yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So... I don't know. Uh, but also if you're the person who just had that walk off game winning hit, you kinda throw that all out the window. I'm if that's me, I'm ready to start celebrating. Like let's yeah. do this, let's give me my Gatorade bath, let's have five high fives for days and yeah.
0: let's get Or this if done. you're Brett Phillips, you just start running around airplaning in the outfit.
2: <laughs> exactly. Or maybe the Gatorade never actually gets to you if Luis Urias is the one that's carrying it.
0: Oh, yeah then, then he'll follow. You need Hernan Perez to yeah. deliver the
2: Gatorade. He will yeah. get it there. Designated designated for assignments uh recently Hernan Perez but designated pick him Gatorade up start. Right? Pick right. him we can, up. We can use everyone. Yeah. We need a,
0: a emergency catcher and utility infielder. Um so bring us Hernan Perez. I mean Pablo Reyes did, did you see when uh after Narvaez went down and, and they had to put mali in there and it's like okay who's the emergency catcher and, and Council's looking at us like
2: this yeah. <laughs> slowly
0: reaching up his hand it's like i guess i'll do it um <laughs> glad he didn't um, have to oh well, yeah he did not have to which is great but uh yeah you know as soon as the catcher goes down it's like okay who's the emergency catcher like everyone's asking that and You know, you'd think it'd probably be Daniel Robertson, but he's not available. He's still got a concussion Mm -hmm. um, because everybody's hurt on this team. Yep. Uh, 17 players at at one time. I believe it's now down to 16 since Kane Kane came off. But 17 players at its peak on the IL. This is insane, man. Yeah.
2: Uh, And just when we thought we were getting, you know, healthier because we had – that trio of players go down to AAA for rehab starts. Uh, Josh Lindblom went two scoreless in yeah. the Sounds uh, opening day. Uh, Jace Peterson's down there, and Derek Fisher down there as well, yeah. who looked solid in spring training, um, and he got to play last night. I'm a little interested in what's going to happen with him once he comes back because he was one of those non, no-minor-league-options-left guys mm-hmm. uh, towards the end of spring training. And then when he went IL, that kind of made the decision easy, at least with him. Um, I know, uh, I think you had written that it's, th- or maybe it was McKelvey, uh, 30 day max for position players. Is it, or for pitchers or is it 20, 30 for-
0: day for pitchers, 20 pitchers. days for okay. position players.
2: So they've got a while till they have to officially make that decision. Um, and who knows by then we might have some more injuries. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was nice. And then Kane comes back and then Yelich comes back and then Yelich is right back on. So, you know, starting to get a little bit healthier, really could use Lin Bloom back in that uh, uh, bullpen or rotation, <laughs> depending yeah. on what that looks like when he gets back. Um, but just to continue, you know, adding back into that depth, because the especially in the bullpen, those, you know, those last couple of guys aren't necessarily as reliable as you'd like them to be. So it'd be nice to get. I know Lin Bloom looked a little rough at the beginning, obviously, um, but it would still be nice to have him back in. Um, see if he can kind of bounce back from that and then, you know, get deep again in the pitching core. Yeah, and
0: that, that rotation has taken a, a bunch of hits. Uh, my guy, Corbin Burns, uh, goes on the I.L. Um, they have not announced why, but I think it's uh, pretty obvious that it's COVID related. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes down there right at the right at around the same time. Um, the Brewers announced that uh, they have reached the 85 percent vaccination among their tier one in individuals. Um, so uh, good news on that front um, that hopefully there won't be any more of these issues. But um, uh, yeah, so that, now the rotation is kind of a bit more of a, a mess than it was just a couple of weeks ago, because now you got guys like Eric Lauer and Alec Bettinger filling in. Uh, You got Zach Godley, who came up, and he got hurt right away. Now he's on the IL. Um, And they're trying to go to a six-man rotation as these guys are dropping like flies. Like, Anderson goes out. Lindblom goes out. Um, And it's like, okay, we're going to try to go go to a six-man rotation. We're calling up this. Okay, now Burns is out. It's like, okay, well, now we got another guy to go to. And now Godley's out. And it's just, oh, my goodness. Uh, So it's just... it's just really digging down into that starting rotation depth. I believe they're at ninth or 10th on the depth chart now uh, with Bettinger. So it's just, it's not an ideal situation. It's not the right time uh, to be going to a six man rotation when everyone's dropping like flies, but you know, you got to do it to keep the remaining guys that you have like Woodruff and Peralta and uh, Hauser healthy. Um, So, you know, that's what they're going with while they're in the stretch here of, Uh, Games with no off days.
2: Yeah, it was already going to be sketchy. What, how they were going to manage the pitching staff with playing 17 games in 17 days? On top of the fact that all these injuries end up happening, kind of crazy that they've already added two non-40 man roster pitchers on top of the uh, non-40 man position players they've added, like Pablo Reyes and Jace Peterson and whatnot along the way. Um, But, yeah, so it was, there was always kind of the thought of, will they have to stretch to a six-man rotation to get through all of this? Um, And then when the injuries happened, they definitely had to. It's resulted in a couple games where uh, the starting pitcher has had to wear one, as they say, (laughs) like Bettinger did have to after he gave up all those runs. They needed him to fill out some innings. Um, They needed Lindblom, too, after Anderson went down, and then that unfortunately resulted in Lindblom getting Um, injured so it's it's been a struggle but that said the brewers came out of the month in first place in the nl central still you know craig council is doing one hell of a job managing all of this and having the brewers where they are it's like we talked about you know it's are they going to be on borrowed time at some point at what point you will maybe the magic run out and you know, the lineups that kind of get put out there start to catch up to the Brewers. Um, it hasn't quite yet. I know we're on a three-game skid right now, but we were earlier this year and got past that. So, you, you know, we'll see. But, oh, it's just been, it's been painful to wait for the day's game to take place and just see whether or not any other injuries are going to be announced.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and when um, the Brewers had to um make the move to bring back nottingham they had to call up dylan file just so that they could put him on the 60 day il like Mm -hmm. because he was added to the 40 man roster this off season because he was rule five eligible and then he suffered the arm injury in spring and so they just kind of optioned him down to the minors and because once you put him on the major league il then that starts his major league service clock and, and major league pay. So they sent him down there, be like, you know, hoping to hold back his service clock a little bit. Um, and then, you know, they ran out of 40 man spots and, you know, when they kick Nottingham off, they had someone else on. And now that they need nodding him back, they got no one else that really, they want to kick off. They're, they're not going to DFA Sabatka. They're not going to, there's no one else that they can really DFA or get rid of. Cause they're all called up. Um, and you know who else can go on the 60-day IL? No, no one else is, has that serious of an injury that they need it. So you just got to call up file just to put him on the 60-day IL. And yeah, it just ended up being the 17th player to go on the IL. It wasn't even a new injury that this had happened in spring training, and he had to go on the IL for it.
2: Yeah, I think. Bickford was really the only like obvious, you know, low man on the totem pole guy to be DFA'd. Um, he ends up getting oddly enough claimed by the Dodgers, who are just trying to hoard all of our old pitchers, apparently, because um, they they're just trying to figure us out. You know, they they were so <laughs> humiliated secret? by that series loss, right? Um, but yeah, it, file um, is just like you know we had talked to uh, to Garrett Green from the Biloxi Shuckers during the offseason about file and Bettinger. Um, and he talked about how those two guys are, you know, really good control guys, going to be contributors someday. We've been high on file for a couple of years now. Um, and it was good to hear that Bettinger is a very similar pitcher to him. Um, we didn't get to see that, but you know, that's, you know, that can happen to we a guy who's we never did not get to no. see any
0: part of the good side of Alec we, Bettinger.
2: We sure didn't. But uh, that's also a guy who had not pitched above, you know, the AA level prior to 2019 and that was the last time the guy pitched so you you know we'll be willing to cut him some slack obviously but uh, oh yeah
0: some fans won't um but it's important for everyone to remember that yeah he has this is way earlier than the Brewers were ever expecting to use Bettinger this season um he was expected to get a whole bunch of time down in the minor leagues um to really kind of get his final rounds of seasoning in and and really kind of build up and ramp up and be ready for this and instead without you know he he just had the alternate training site for all of april there and for all of last year and then he gets called up and it's like okay now we need you to start against the reigning world series champions (laughs) and the best offense in baseball here you go and you know he was doing fairly well until um, he ended up missing the bag on a, you know when he had to cover first and then the inning spiraled on him and then it spiraled on him the next inning and it just it was bad, um and it, it just you you feel for him because you could see in that first inning there uh, when Chris Hook came out to talk to him um, when he was in like that bases loaded jam he was breathing heavy things were moving fast and Hook was just out there to try to Calm him down. And be like, bro, take a breath. You're fine. This you, You're good. OK, don't worry. Just come out here and pitch. Just keep doing what you're doing and just just calm him down. Maybe you got to go out there and and tell him a joke. You know, <laughs> you just got to go, hey, so Omar, a priest and a rabbi walked into a bar <laughs> and she, <laughs> something like that. And just kind of get him to slow things down. Because, I mean, you could tell things were things were going super fast on him. And, and he was really kind of worried there because it's his big league debut. He wants it to go well, you know. And instead, his big league debut ended up being you gave up the most runs of anyone in any debut in franchise history. And that's not how he wanted to remember it. I'm sure he's going to try to forget this big league debut and pretend that his next start was actually his debut. But... Um, that, that's how it ended up going for him and it's unfortunate, but it's, he did what he did what he could and it it was just a really tough situation.
2: Yeah, it is unfortunate, but we only have to look back to last year to see a handful of pitchers who had rough debuts and have bounced back since then. Um, Justin Topa within the same year, you know, he came Mm out, um, gave up, uh, the runs to the Tigers, I believe it was, um, but then had a solid run of scoreless, Outings after that. Um, Perdomo had that outing against the Twins. It didn't go super great. Um, And then we didn't see him again. Uh, But he has looked pretty decent this season so far. And then Drew Rasmussen. Um, He had a good first outing, I believe it was. And then I think it was his second outing last year. He got rocked a little bit, uh, lost his control some. Um, Strung together some good outings after that before finishing the season on a little bit of a down note. And then this year he's been kind of up and down. Um, he did actually have a, a set of scoreless outings together before he gave up the runs in extra innings the other night. Um, but he's shown that he can when he's on. Drew Rasmussen is just blows guys away. And so mm-hmm. obviously, and you know we should know this as fans that your debut does not define you. Uh, Luis Urias, his debut did not. His debut season didn't define him. He is now hitting very strongly for the brewers. One of the more consistent hitters lately, um, guys like that. And Eric Lauer, let's go to him. Um, Eric Lauer. Yeah. I got a uh, little roughed up in the inning last night, but really surrounding that he generated some good soft contact and looked pretty decent. Otherwise outside of McCutcheon really having his number. Yeah. Uh, but that first start against the Dodgers was really good. He looked very good during that start. And so, um, much different than we saw out of Lauer last year where he couldn't stop walking guys. He is barely walking guys in his two starts this year. So, you yeah. know, let's, we, with Bettinger, let him go back down to the minors, let himself kind of get into a rhythm. And then maybe it'll be later this season. Maybe it'll be next season that we see him. Don't know. But, uh, when he comes back up, we'll hope that his new debut kind of goes a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Bettinger, uh, scheduled to start, I, I believe, um, uh what which, which
2: game is that coming up well they it's, Mckelvey said that the Friday game they were still looking for a starter um that is technically still open, so hmm. that might be the one um that I just saw something come across um that they were wondering if maybe Anderson would be back in time, but it sounds like he still has some tests he needs to clear, so it probably won't be him, so it may well, as as
0: Anderson's back, not so. going on a rehab assignment, and then you know you, yeah. you'd think they put him down there for maybe a starter so right um but yeah his turn in the rotation um should be uh coming up again yeah uh friday against miami Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um where he'd face trevor rogers who dominated the brewers last time that'd be interesting um but yeah so um a lot to look forward to there for the next start for for bettinger um but there's a there's one guy who starts uh, to this season uh, is uh, also going bad and it has stayed bad. And that's Keston Hira. And I'm surprised it kind of took us this long into this week's episode to talk about it. But Keston Hira has been optioned down to triple A. He is hitting 152 at the big league level this year. He is swinging and missing at pitches in the middle of the zone, pitches that are middle, middle, Swinging and missing forty percent of the time. Um, it has been ugly. It, it has. There have been so many poor at bats and just non-competitive at bats. Uh, he looks lost at the plate. And you know, when it was a week or so into the season, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, he'll he'll figure this out. It'll be fine. But now that it's a month, um, the Brewers have tried a lot. They've tried giving him off days. They've tried benching him. They, they've tried. You know hit you know hitting sessions with Andy Haynes, and nothing's worked. and now their their only option remaining is to send him down to triple A and hope that he can figure it out there.
2: Yeah, and we had kind of wondered aloud whether or not they were just waiting for that minor league season to start to kind of option him down um, or or whether they were just keeping him up because they you know needed him around because of all the injuries. Um, but of course, he does end up getting sent down right to coincide with the beginning of the minor league season. Um, here's a question I have for you. Uh, what concerns you more right now? Hira's bat or Yelich's back? Ooh.
0: Hmm. that That is, I'm going to say Yelich's back simply because that's an injury and and being as important as, as the back is and how many other things that it leads into. Um, I, I'd say the back is more concerning because, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if that goes, there's really not much that, that you can do about it. You know, it's, it's really out of Yelch's control, but Hura's bat is within his control. Like that can change with just the, you know, a coaching, you know, a piece of advice, coaching tidbit, um, or a swing change mechanical thing, m- mentality thing, you know, that can change. But for Jelic, um, it, it there's nothing really that, that he can do. You know, it, it's in the hands of, of the medical experts, it's in the hands of whatever. Um, you know, they don't really know what it is. As Dario pointed out earlier here on the podcast, um, they don't really entirely know right now. They're going to try to figure it out, but you know that that's not a very good sign when even the medical experts who have already seen an MRI of it don't know what's going on and it's still bothering him. And that's something that if not handled properly could, you know, affect him for the rest of his career and all the talent in the world that he has, isn't going to be able to change that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to agree. Um, Particularly as well, because Kira, we know has a good bat. Like he had one well, yeah best hit tools of any Brewers draft D in recent years and that doesn't just disappear i mean it has currently um, yeah, but it doesn't disappear st- forever it, right it's still in there somewhere and like you said it just it, some coach needs to be able to connect with him right now and figure out what it is either mechanically in his head you know somewhere that's causing him to just flat out swing and miss that is the you're right the most frustrating thing about him is he is just swinging and missing at absolute meatballs right now and Mm -hmm. you know maybe just some confidence down triple a you know swinging at some you know lesser pitching i don't know i i would hopefully you know that does something for him but uh we'll see i've I've been trying to refresh and see if I can catch the Nashville sounds uh, lineup for tonight to see if he's going to be in it or not, but I haven't seen anything yet.
0: Yeah. He was not in the lineup for the sounds yesterday. Right. Um, So that is um, interesting. I I think, but I mean, they said it, you know, you're not going to see him and, or or at least on opening day there. And um, they're going to be trying to, you know, I, I think they might be trying to work some more like off the field stuff when it, or like, you know, like mentality or, just some, some like behind the scenes, have him working with uh, the hitting coaches and who knows, like I, I think it almost might've been like what they had with uh, Corey Knebel a couple years ago where they optioned him down, but he never actually went mm-hmm. to A. He stayed in Milwaukee. He stayed with the team, but was just like in the side working on bullpens, working on whatever else with the coaches, but they technically optioned him. I'm wondering, could that possibly be, What's going on with Hura? They're not actually sending him, at least not right away, to AAA. And they're just having him working in the cages with Andy Haynes and just trying to figure things out behind the scenes while not being on the field and being able to have another body that they can uh, have on the bench.
2: Yeah, hard to say, especially since they're on the road right now. Um, We don't know if, you know... If he's traveling with them, if he is there in the cages and pregame or anything like that, had they been at home, you know, it would be a little easier to say maybe that's what they're doing because he's already kind of, you know, at home base there. Um, So I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past him to do that. But also, you know, like I said, I would like him to kind of uh, tear up some AAA pitching just to just to get, you know, his mind feeling right again, just to get Mm -hmm. a little bit of that confidence back.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I feel like he will, like, he's going to be down there and he's going to be in the lineup there at, at some point, And he's going to be able to get regular playing time uh, down there. And that's, I think, really what he needs. And the Brewers know that he really isn't deserving of everyday playing time right now, the ways that he's been hitting. And Daniel Volgebach, even though his numbers aren't, like, super great, uh, his at-bats have been better. Uh, he's putting up better numbers. And, you know, the, the – he. Vogelbach at the moment gives the Brewers a better chance to win. Long term, Hira does. But right now, Hira is just kind of not in in that position. So uh, it's very unfortunate. You know, success development isn't always linear. We've seen that with uh, guys like Corbin Burns, uh, Freddie Peralta. You know, they come up, you know, have a good, you know, initial start. And then they hit some struggles. And then they they end up going back down to the minors for a little bit. Um, and then they end up finding some success. It, it's not always linear. Corbin burns is is I think the epitome of uh <laughs> of that uh, with his struggles in 2019, but yeah, it, it's just it's an unfortunate situation for him and and for the Brewers because they could really use the 300 hitter with the 30 plus home runs a season type power uh, and they don't really have that right now. um they've got. The, the only guy currently in their lineup who has the potential to hit for 30 homers a season is Travis Shaw. I believe he's the only one who's done that before. And even though he can do that, he's not going to be hitting 300 while doing it. He'll be hitting at most 270, um, but probably more closer around like 240. And that, that's just kind of what it is with, with him. So having that kind of bats, especially with, with, like, Yelich and Hura are the only bats that can hit 300 with 30 homers. They're the only ones. So they're going going to need to find production elsewhere. And they've been getting enough so far, but, you know, who knows how long it'll continue going.
2: Right. I mean, most importantly, we need to get Omar Narvaez back from the injured list. Let's let's be honest. I mean, OPS plus of 165 right now batting average of 368 i mean come on like that guy's could be carrying the team right now if he weren't hurt he's been carrying
0: the team he pretty much has with with Yelich hurt and with uh not hitting omar omar and colton wong have been carrying the offense
2: yeah no all jokes aside he he really has been arguably the team's best hitter this year outside of i mean (laughs) tyrone taylor actually after Colton Wong, of course, um, has been – I, I like that Dario mentioned him earlier um, because he really has been hitting well um, in his time up here, hitting over 300 um, with that high OPS, too. So um, that's been a I'm glad to see that he's contributing in the way that he is, but uh, it's it's taken some of those guys, though, to contribute at a high level to keep the Brewers at the record that they've been at at this point until we get these main guys back. And so it's just been such a weird season, like, and it's only a month deep. We're only at the beginning of may. Got to love baseball. Don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm just glad it's back.
0: Oh yeah. Me too. And now we got minor league baseball back. We've got Mm -hmm. college baseball going in a few months. We're going to have the draft. Oh man. I'm so excited for the draft. Um, so we'll, we'll be certainly talking about that a whole, a whole lot of, as we um, get up to that part of the year. And um, one guy that, that I want to talk about who has been having a lot of success lately as well is Luis Urias. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's had some struggles Let's defensively at shortstop throwing the ball sometimes. Um, but he has really been hitting the ball well. Since April 12th, Urias is hitting three fourteen with a .410 on base percentage and .569 slugging. He's got four doubles, three homers, 14 RBIs, all since April 12th. Prior to April 12th, he was hitting like oh seventy-four. Like, he yep. he was really hitting the skids. I think he only had two hits through the first, you know, week and a half yeah. or, or so. Two
2: for 21, I think, something like that. Yeah, Might yeah have something been like got that. he had like an
0: 0 for 13 stretch in there, which was like right after the RCA trade.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but since then, he's hitting over 300 since April 12th. So... Um, his his overall numbers are you know slowly recovering and, and coming back up. Um, I believe he's hitting up to I think he's up at like two thirty now um, on the season, something like that. But uh, he's now been moving a bit further up in the lineup. He was he was hitting in the number two spot the other day, and I I was vouching for him to hit leadoff last year. Of course now that Colton Wong is here uh, Wong should be hitting lead off pretty much every single day. Um, but Uri is there in the two spot or, or up in the, in the five or the six spot. I, I think that's a, a good place for him and he's been hitting, uh, incredibly well and he's been coming up in clutch moments too.
2: Yeah, he absolutely has. Um, and what else has he been doing? One of the most important things a batter can do, David, he's Put been the getting ball in on base and oh, no. putting the ball in play, <laughs> but well, that's, yeah, that's been our late, uh, lately thing on on the website that's for sure um yeah. but the man he gets on base Damn right. um, with his 351 on base percentage he's got a 14.7 percent walk rate right now um which is outstanding for the team he is ranking in the upper percentiles in just about everything um but average exit velocity which whatever we'll take that um and strikeout rate he's he's bottom half of the league but he's not terrible um, especially compared to some of the other hitters. Sometimes is about 25%, which, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, he's doing everything that he needs to do. The errant throws have been odd. Like that's just been weird considering yeah. how good he is defensively, but uh, you know, we'll let him work through that. Um, but what he's doing is, you know, putting the ball in play and getting on base, whether that's via a hit, whether that's via a walk. Um, and thankfully he is now starting to show people that like, this is why, the Brewers traded for him this is why the Brewers felt comfortable moving Arcia to the Braves for two pitchers which they have already tapped into one of those two pitchers because of all the injuries so it's already kind of worked out for them. and Urias doing what he's doing has helped that matter so I I have absolutely loved to see it I know you have absolutely loved to see it I know contributor Josh Waldock has absolutely loved to see it. He's written about Luis uh, Urias about three Best or four short times. Best shortstop in the division. Best shortstop in the division. Did you Top see 10 that? shortstop. Did you see the Javi Baez double error the other day? <laughs> My Lord. Yes. Like, and I, for being a Brewers fan, I am one of the very few who will say nice things about Javi Baez out loud. Um, I, I like the guy, I like players like him, but that was something. The yep. the error on the actual grounder and then tossing it to no one in particular behind the back. I, I, I have no idea what he was doing, but being that he is a player for the Cubs, um, it was a bit satisfying of the video.
0: Oh yeah. 100%. Um, so just uh, right now here, as we're uh, recording this podcast, um, got an update here from Adam Mccalvey and, um, that Craig Council says it will be Saturday or Sunday before the Brewers have any information about a Corbin Burns timeline. Mm. So Hmm. um, they got to wait it out to, to give some sort of an update there. Um, McAlvey says, if this is as all signs point, a case of a player testing positive for COVID protocols require a 10 day quarantine. So he went on the IL some point uh, last week. So I think, um, yeah, I think that was Thursday, Thursday morning that he went on there. So and 10 days would be he, Sunday. Sure would. So um,
2: they, they, that, don't, that, they don't really hide this stuff very well, do they?
0: Well, like, I, I mean, they, they can't officially say it, it, say it but, but but considering that they're not saying anything about what the injury is, and we all yeah. know what's been going on in the world for the past year. Uh, we can connect the very close together dots. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So that that's the uh, the situation there with Burns. Um, I was sad to see him. And especially when, like, Sunday was supposed to be Corbin Burns Day, and then you end mm-hmm. up getting Alec Bettinger Day, and it's nowhere near the same. Um, yeah, it's just uh, – it's rough to see. I love Corbin Burns Day. It's my favorite day. Um, Get out. Ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, hopefully he'll be able to still come back strong. And, and this doesn't, you know, affect him too negatively. And because um, the Brewers need a back. They they need him uh, really to, to anchor that rotation alongside Woodruff.
2: Yeah. I mean, the pitching, we, we all know the pitching is what has um, held the Brewers together and been what has propelled them to the top of the division. So um, you look at their batting average, their OPS runs per game, all of that, not so much very high uh, in ranking against other teams, but it's been the pitching that has had them in just about every single game this season. So, Corbin Burns, obviously, huge, huge part of that. So, the faster they can get him back, uh, the better off, obviously, they'll be. And why wouldn't you be better off when you have a another, let's say, potential Cy Young Award winner in your starting rotation next to Brandon Woodruff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just getting him back is going to be Um, key and getting that rotation healthy again, getting Anderson back, getting Lindblom back. um, It's almost going to be tough sending some of these guys back down after you call them up and they're helping out um, with everyone being hurt. And because, because I mean, Tyrone Taylor got sent back down the other day once Yelich and Kane came back and it's like, you've been playing well, but we don't have, you know, we can't send down McKinney. He doesn't have any options. You got options, you get sent down. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to gonna be the uh, unfortunate part there. So some guys are going to get sent down, but the pitching staff has a lot more uh, flexibility. A lot more of those guys have options um, to get sent down. The position player group, not as much, but still. Um, so things have gone, you know, outside of injuries, I, I think it's gone about as well as you could have hoped. Um, for the Brewers, you know, the, this as the saying goes, you can't win the division in April, but you can lose the division in April. Uh, the Brewers have certainly not lost the division in April, um, being being atop the standings there and taking all three series from the Cubs. Um, that, that was huge, especially with two of them being on the road and then winning yeah. three or four against the Dodgers, uh, sweeping the San Diego Padres. They had some very big wins. Um, over there in in all those games. So uh, they've put themselves in in a really good position, and and they've even jumped up some power rankings. I saw Bleacher Reports had them second um, in in terms of power rankings, knowing that if they're doing all this with all these guys hurt, just imagine what they're going to be when healthy. Um, I know MLB's power rankings dropped them down to six. That was very confusing. It's like, look, we've just taken three or four from the Dodgers, and you're going to have us drop? Meanwhile, the uh, Oakland A's, the week before, they swept the Tigers and some other crappy team. And they're like, oh, my God, we're going to put you second. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? It was just, ugh. it's I, I don't get how they're, how they're doing that over there. It's, it's
2: weird. Yeah. Well, there was one other one, though, that we, one of them we were actually number one in. I'm trying to remember what that one was. I don't think it was ESPN. Uh, CBS Sports. CBS Sports wow. had the Brewers at number one in their power rankings. And this is all, you know, it's nice that Bleacher Report said, you know, despite all the injuries. Um, also, despite the schedule that we had to play, I mean, mm-hmm. Cubs, Padres, Dodgers, Cardinals, Cubs again, Cubs again. <laughs> we, that was a gauntlet, not to mention the stretch of games that we finished out the month without an off day. Um, That's why you'd actually really like to see them uh, kind of pick up these next couple wins against the Phillies, hopefully, um, starting with tonight against old friend Chase Anderson. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we got some games against the Marlins, uh, against the Royals later in the month, who are actually doing pretty well this year, against the Reds, who are not doing pretty well this year. Um, So there's a chance to kind of pick up uh, some pieces here. Um, we got the Marlins coming back. I can't remember if I mentioned that. Um, I know they beat us in the last series, but we got a chance for some revenge coming up. Um, but with all those injuries with that difficult start to the season in terms of strength of schedule, the Brewers came out on top. And so they absolutely deserve to be in those top five areas, uh, except for MLB.com apparently in those top five areas of the power rankings across the internet.
0: Yeah. So... A lot of good things to to take away, you know, a lot a lot of concerns as well. But you know, we'll see how that plays out over the course of a whole season. Um, so, but I, it's exciting to see the, that the Brewers are up there. It's exciting to see minor league season back. It's exciting to um, just kind of be in this position where we have games that that we can go to and, and talk about. Um, so it's been. It's been fun to watch, you know, even though, you know, some games haven't ended as well. They've been fairly fun to watch. So that's always good to see. Um, We'll have more to talk about, obviously, next week uh, on the Cold Brew Podcast. So uh, that'll do it for us uh, this week. We'd like to thank Dario Melendez for taking some time out of his very busy day to join us uh, early on here in the episode. Um Lots of uh, good stuff to talk about next week um, as Brewers will cap off this uh, very long uh, uh, trip, a very very long stretch of games, 17 games in 17 days. Um, So lots of good stuff, and we'll be back at it again next week. Um, So be sure to follow... Uh, matt at matt 13 for all your Mario Feliciano love and everything <laughs> else that, that he posts. Um, follow me at DGasper24 for all of my Corbin Burns Cy Young hype train uh, information uh, and everything else that I tweet about. And yeah, follow Reviewing the Brew. Follow at brew underscore pod. Um, and uh, if you enjoyed this episode or any previous episodes, be sure to drop us a, a 5 star rating interview we'd really appreciate it so I'll do it for this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast